Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to this Comic Book Nation bonus round episode where we are doing one thing and one thing only. We are recapping Star Wars Ahsoka Episode 3, Time to Fly, with full spoilers. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is my regular Comic Book Nation crew. We have Matthew Aguilar. What up? Janelle Wheeler is joining us today. Hello, hello. And Mr. Connor Casey is here. What up? All right, so we don't need any preamble. If you guys haven't already, if you're just picking this up this episode because you two want to talk or listen to some discussion about Ahsoka Episode 3, please subscribe to Comic Book Nation on your favorite platforms and on our YouTube page, youtube.com backslash comic book nation, comic book one word dash nation, because we are dropping all kinds of content all over the place and uh, things are growing fast and it's awesome and we want you guys to all be a part of it. So that's our plug for the subscriptions. Let's get into it, guys. Uh, a lot of us either are waking up with thoughts from Ahsoka Episode 3 from our dreams or <laughs> literally just coming off the episode right now. So what did you guys think uh, today? I'm not going to say anything at the start. I just want to go around. Janelle, you're joining us. You didn't get to join us for our last recap. Yeah. So we, you put your, th your thoughts down on our regular episode on Friday. But what are you thinking fresh off Ahsoka episode three, because you are our most casual Star Wars fan. So I'm yes. always kind of interested of how you're taking all this. Yes. Uh, there were a lot of key moments that are going to be insanely memorable for me in this episode. Um, also, I'm really honored to actually be doing any kind of Star Wars content that I'm like, I feel like I can call myself a, a one over fan at this point because this show is just like awakening something in me. I think it's the girl power. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm loving this from start to finish. Um, I was trying to like multitask and do something. Uh, I'm getting ready for a big trip and I was trying to do that and I couldn't focus on the other thing. Like it just kept stealing and grabbing my attention and pulling me away. And I just couldn't like stop fixating on the show. Um, and I think that's a really good indicator of how much I'm really enjoying this. So I loved it. I know we're going to get deeper into it, but I am, I'm one over. I am all about this right now. Oh, you're muted. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I said, uh, thanks, Jay. I'm always interested. Like I said, you're, you're a good barometer for how yeah. the casual person is taking this. I, I have no casual. I can't call myself casual. <laughs> Everybody knows me. I'm like, I'm a Star Wars fanboy <laughs> over here. So um, I will say I'm I enjoyed this episode as kind of a bottle. And I think this episode is 
more suited to casual fans and people who like specifically like the Mandalorian. This was kind of like a very Mando-esque episode where it had like a little bit of lore, but then like a good bit of action, a chase scene, you know, an aerial dogfight in set piece to kind of take things up. Uh, but it also had a good balance of things you would only see normally like in Clone Wars, like Ahsoka getting out on the wing of a spaceship and <laughs> yeah. dueling other spaceships. That's pure like Clone Wars rebels kind of stuff. So um, it was a good mix. And uh, what Steph Green, I think, did a great job directing this episode. Like, I thought it, it looked really good. Uh, but uh, we do have a list of things we got to get to, some points we got to cover in this thing, because I, I made an actual, like, itinerary of what to talk about. Uh, and the first topic is the pacing. So I think it's pretty clear at this point, or it should be, from, there is full spoiler. So by the end of this episode where Ahsoka and Sabine just make it down to this planet, uh, and are now going to be hunted by Balin and Skull and, you know, these dark side forces working for Morgan Elsbeth. It should be clear to everybody by now, right? Like, this is not going to be, like, some big thing where we get to Thrawn and Ezra and all these answers, like, early on in the series. That's not what this is going to be, right? Like, we can all pretty much say that now. Like, this next episode is going to be them being hunted on the planet, at least that and whatever happens to either stop this hyperspace driver or somebody uses it. So I, I figure like, yeah, we're going to be like episode five about episode six, probably before it's even like a possibility that we start seeing like Thrawn and Ezra and, and this other galaxy beyond the galaxy. How are you guys feeling about that kind of pace? Connor Casey, you look like you have thoughts bubbling. Let's hear them. Um, so I dug this episode. I think <clears throat> I'm of two minds about it, honestly, where I love when a show. Was certain I also thought that this had one of the best dog fights we've seen in any Star Wars. That I feel like first, as we enter the, this decade really should, you know, you have all these technological advantages with CGI now. Use them. Have some crazy space battles that George Lucas could only dream of when he was trying to make it happen in Revenge of the Sith back in 2003. Go nuts. And they did here, and I love that. Um, at the same time, man, that opening scene with Sabine and Ahsoka dragged. I was like, I get it. She can't see out of the helmet, and she's going to get whipped with the stick. Move on. You've got eight episodes. I, Merrick and Shin both show back up, and it's like, do and when they both show back up, I'm like, do we know anything about these people? Nope, not a damn thing. And we've got five episodes of this left. That concerns me. Okay, let's get into it. We, I was going to wait a little bit, but uh, let's talk because as I just tweeted out, and yes, I'm throwing this grenade into the room. Last Jedi fans are eating today. If you're a fan of The Last Jedi, you are eating today with Ahsoka. Today is a good day because as Ryan Johnson's brilliant film tried to posit and make the point of it was time to look beyond the Skywalker saga and the Force and the potential to use the Force was something that was open to everyone. Which, by the way, guys, if you do not know in this franchise, is a direct quote about George from George Lucas about how people misunderstand the Force. The whole thing is, and this is why they're even called force sensitives. 
some people are just more attuned to this thing than other people. But that doesn't mean that other people cannot or 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 are unable to use it with training. It just means that they don't have the natural sensitivity that somebody else does. And, and it was because seeking out the people who had that hypersensitivity, acquiring them and training them is what like the Jedi did. It didn't mean that nobody else could use the force. So Sabine, and I like that this episode, you say it dragged. I was sitting there eating my popcorn like, mm-hmm, because I feel like there was a lot that was said by people criticizing the show in the first two episodes, specifically the Sabine storyline that that first opening scene, like point for point kind of nails, like is Sabine like a f- never showed any force sensitivity. How could she be a Jedi? And it's like, yeah, we, you had an aptitude for it, I think, but you're a Mandalorian. Therefore, like it's harder for you because you've learned this entire other way of doing things. That is not the Jedi way which is kind of like the deeper points that people were pointing out, but I'm glad the show acknowledged it. Also, I don't like, I don't know how to approach this, but like, I feel like this show and its particular set of characters get dinged for things that are just commonplace in star Wars. Like every Jedi is trained with this helmet thing, right? That's Mm -hmm. like the famous thing. Luke Skywalker did it. The kids it's, had it's it just in a, Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, it's a it's just a famous technique of Jedi training. I don't think that it drags to see. I actually thought it was pretty dope. And this show is like a samurai influenced kind of Eastern influenced kind of show. So I I thought it was pretty dope where Ahsoka just like kind of goes around her and then like kind of nails her foot out from under her with a light touch about like, you know, while Sabine's trying to use force and power and all this anger. And I thought that was a good lesson. So I disagree that that dragged. I thought that was can I, can actually I just, a good scene. That can I just say, since I've been grenaded, that I allow me to respond. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. fine with the whole concept of force sensitivity and people being able, you know, everyone has the capacity to use it. Some are just better at it than others. I never disagreed with that point. I just thought the scene was slow. That's all. I'm not I'm not I'm not against the point it's trying to make. And I know there's a whole discourse around Sabine and was she ever in tune with the force? Can she be yada, yada, yada? I don't care about that. I just thought the scene wasn't paced very well. That's all. And it takes up a lot of time when I'm like, I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, hey, guys, there's stuff in the story you still haven't established yet. Get moving. You got five episodes left. It's a 36 minute episode. And that is about a five or six minute scene. So you're not you're not like wrong in here like it is a because i actually moved from like one point in my house to another and then it started over the episode when i got to my other disney plus and i was like yeah i'm not gonna sit through like it was it was longer than i thought because i started watching it and i was like yeah i don't have time to re-watch the entire scene like from the start that actually is, uh, worried so. me honestly at the start of the episode i was actually worried i was like oh god i hope this isn't the pace of the whole episode <laughs> no it's not, and it's not but it's like not i said not. yeah yeah no i said it's like that's what i meant when i said it's like it's very it's a very mandalorian episode because mm-hmm. the mandalorian does this they stop and they have these long conversations about lore and creed and all this stuff we're trying to use this or make this weapon or do that and pouring the lead and talking to the armorer 
And then it gets to back to like action stuff. And so but I absolutely loved her trying to learn how to use the force. Like I was, I held my breath. I was like, Oh yeah, she's going to get it. She's going to get it. She's going to get it. And then she didn't. <laughs> oh, the coffee cup thing is already yeah. like a meme. It's already the I meme machine is You're already spinning. Count. It's like me with my morning coffee. When I hope to be productive or something like that. And it's just mm -hmm. like, you win this round, that whole, you win this round <laughs> line is already like, yeah, that's already a meme. So I thought that was cute. I thought that was great. Um, yeah, so Maddie, you've been—we've left you in like relative silence over here. No, no, you, just listen. You're always just listen. good. Yeah, what's up? No, it's just listen. I was uh, listening all the all the. You're all you're the sometimes a good balance to all this because like me and Connor just start yelling at each other about stuff. <laughs> Janelle's just kind of happy, and you're kind of in the middle. So, what'd you think about this episode, buddy? Uh, no, I I really I really enjoyed it a lot. I. I agree with you wholeheartedly on the the Last Jedi as one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Uh, that for I'm those in. reasons, I uh, I love when we get away from some of those typical uh, typical Skywalker central ideas. And so I, I I love this. I love how they explained a lot of stuff. And that's also kind of why, like, look when we talked about this last week, and even when we talked about Mandalorian season three. Uh, you know, early on, I try not to stick my foot in my mouth because. More than likely, three or four episodes in, they're going to explain most of it, and then I'm going to be sitting on the thing like, well, like I was harping on them not talking about this or not talking this point. It's like it's a damn show, man. Like let it roll out and be what it is, and then at the end, if they don't explain something or they leave something out, I will criticize it. But I'm I'm kind of done like jumping the gun. <laughs> like I don't jump the gun on shows anymore because most times it always ends up where I have to eat crow at the end because like they actually had a plan and whatever. So I will leave like some of the things if they don't explain it by the end of Ahsoka or they don't get around the things in time. Cool. I can criticize it then. Um, but my favorite thing about this was I agree with you. I mean, that scene could have been a minute shorter, you know, like, yeah, I could tighten it up. Absolutely. Uh, but my favorite part of the episode is actually just the stuff between Ahsoka and Sabine. It's we talked about it last time. The the cracks in the shell are starting the show. Rosario Dawson actually gets to play that character a little bit. And you start to see over the course of the entire episode, she actually smiles throughout a couple of times here. She actually cracks some jokes. She actually goes back and forth a little bit with Sabine and we get past their history a little bit. And we actually get to them as people interacting and Sabine gets past some of her baggage and we get to see her cracking jokes. We're like there's, there's a little bit of that bond that comes back into play. And that was something we talked about, like Rosario Dawson playing a more, an older Ahsoka, one who is a little bit more guarded because of the things she's gone through. And we're finally starting to see those cracks show and it's in their interactions. So I could really like the getting up on the, you know, on the, the wing and like doing all that. That's awesome. Like there was an awesome dog fight. I'm cool with it, but I could have just had half the episode be them going on little adventures and interacting and, trying to get through some of that stuff. Cause that to me is the most compelling part of the episode. Um, so if we get more of that, I'm, I'm good. Sabine is awesome, but Sabine and Ahsoka together are what to me make this show most compelling. Y'all just going to diss my girl Mon Mothma like that and just say, Oh, her scene meant nothing. Cause that no. whole debate no, scene. We're gonna get to that. Andor. No, we're going to get to Hera because I didn't yeah, say it meant nothing. There's what a did whole, I say that? She's like, this no, is no. the best scene. This is the best scene. I'm like, I said, no, I said no. that's the best part of the episode. 
Yeah. No, we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. But um, no, I just want to say there was a part. There was a part where Matt's talking about where that that is like straight out of like Clone Wars or Rebels, and it's like where Ahsoka's like after the dogfight and she's floating in space. And Sabine's like, I fixed the ship. And she's like, okay, great. Like, I'm now get me. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she's like floating past the window. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, that moment alone, I was just like, oh, like, yeah, this is like what I used to love when I watched Clone Wars or Rebels. And they had that comedic kind of banter between them during the action and stuff. So, like, yeah, that's, that's good. But no, we do have to talk about the Mon Mothma scene because, I, I mean, I know this is, it's always kind of hard to gauge what's going to hit for you guys who are like more casual fans of all this but that scene also had the tail end of having a major moment for people who love star wars rebels which we got our latest kind of character who was adapted into live action and that's uh jason Sindula, right uh hera and kanan's son if you don't know who that is so janelle just in case you're wondering and you're like i don't know who that kid was with the green hair uh, in Star Wars Rebels, Ezra was trained by a Jedi who kind of escaped Order 66 when he was young and in his training. Um, and his name was Kanan. But during the battle with Thrawn and the Inquisitors and all this, he got he died. He had to sacrifice himself. But not before he knocked up Hera. And so Hera had his uh, son. And even though and like the flash, the epilogue of Rebels, like the kind of flash forward in time that we're now picking up with in Ahsoka kind of showed, you know, him being basically what he looks like in live action and flying with her and and still continuing to be kind of living in the legacy of his father. And if you guys didn't notice the costume detail, he had the shoulder pad. He had Kanan's shoulder pad on. He was wearing his dad's same shoulder pad. And That's uh sweet. Yeah, and it was good. But uh I will Mon say Mothma, like that, that didn't oh, that didn't rub me the wrong way or anything. Like, even though I didn't know who he was, like it was still like a lovely mother son, yeah. you know, reference. Like it didn't, it didn't feel weird or out of place or wrong. I was just like, Oh, another new character. And he's so cute. And Oh wow. She's like um, this motherly figure, not just, uh, you know, someone shooting him up, flying around. Like, I don't know. It was just cool. I liked it. It didn't bother me yeah. at all. I, I no, I know laugh. some people criticize just the show for like those kind of because she like pauses. He says like I want to be a Jedi, and then he she's like I know you do, and she I, just I just I, I laughed at that scene because she has a look in her face that's just like shut up, kid. You don't know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's I mean, but that's honestly when you become a parent, that's like most of the looks you get your child when they start <laughs> talking to you like they know. Or they start saying, like, yeah, mommy, I want to. I know you do. I'd love to be a soldier. You're like, oh, God. Oh, right. Sure, <laughs> kid. Yeah. Oh, man. Sure. Uh, whatever. You can't tell them, like, the horrible things about the world. And you have to just kind of smile through it. But, yeah. So, uh, JC's Jay's there. And people were wondering if we would see him. So, that was, like, a, a little shout out. Letting the Rebels fans eat a little bit. So, yeah, but no, I mean, I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead's doing a great job with with Hera. Like, I mean, her just asking that center. Hera just always has that energy. Like, she's so sweet, but she looks like if you, like, really work rubber, like, she might just, like, give you a cross to the face. Just like that senator guy when she was like, what'd you do during the war? I know, that was <laughs> such a good uh, line. What'd you do? <laughs> Waiting for which side to win? I was like, dang. Yeah. yeah. And she was just looking. But uh, no, I mean, I hope Hera gets to come in and, and interact with them. But again, like I said, like the pace of this show is definitely, this is just a lead up to things. And I feel like Star Wars gets 
criticized. Like people will be like, this wasn't an entire showdown with Thrawn. That sucks. Whereas Marvel, they're like, you know why Marvel's so great? Because we had to wait 15 years to get to Thanos. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like the pace of this is obviously going to be leading up, putting together, you know, getting rebels in the live action, sewing up those threads leading up to Thrawn being back. And then there's going to be major, it's going to be, I would almost say like, the the winter soldier right like you find out thrawn is back there's this major imperial threat and that begins to roll out over not just this movie but whatever shows come next like if it's the mandalorian season four how does that like what does that mean to the universe like and then you have this build up to this big battle where everybody takes on thrawn and his whole armada and whatever secrets he has from the other galaxy or whatever in the movie so i'm betting on that being the pace and i've made my pace with that so yeah all right so i mean you hera i hope i say that all to say i hope that at some point we get to see her i'll get if she's just kind of like in the side scenes working from within the republic in this show but i do hope we get to see them all unite again like in some kind of event fashion with zeb with zeb and like really get back to doing you know what rebels do and i hope that at the very least I hope at the end of this show, it is a shot of them all together, like Ezra, Zeb, Hera, Sabine, with Ahsoka, of course, being the replacement for Kanan. And kind of that would be in Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka being, you know, crazy lightsaber people. I'm good with that, man. Like, I'll be, I'll be good with that. They're just going to land in front of Mando's little farm, and it's like, we're here to talk to you about the Thrawn Initiative. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I don't want to joke. Oh, man, I can't laugh too hard. But that, yeah, I mean, that would be funny, but that would be dope. Um, all right, let's see. Let's talk about this last Jedi thing. How do you guys feel about about what has happened here? Did it, did it hit you when you heard that? Because I heard them say, like, oh, anybody, when Sabine, when she's talking to Sabine, so she's like, anybody can be use the force and stuff. I stood up and was like, oh, I was that gift from, uh, what's that, uh, San Andreas? Or yeah, yeah, or what? Uh, yeah, I was like, oh, here we go again. Here it's going oh, again. I know what you're talking about. Okay, <laughs> <Sing me back. laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're gonna get into it again. The last Jedi debates. Star Wars Twitter is about to be unsufferable. I'm sorry, but it's it's about to go down again. Because uh, how did you guys? Do you guys have? I mean, do you guys even have any dog in this fight? Do you guys care about this subject at all? I have gripes with Last Jedi. That was never one of them. The idea that okay. anybody could be a Jedi was like that. That felt like the basis of what Star Wars was built on, and the prequels kind of lost sight of. Yeah, agreed. Janelle, I mean, yeah, I, the Force, man. I just, I want it. I've been walking around like, <laughs> come on, give it to me. Also, I, I don't know if we're gonna touch on this, but I just, I am just madly in love with the droid. And then but who yang, thank you. I was and gonna bring him up at one no, point because I was I'm I thought so, of you the whole time. I'm so obsessed with him. If, if for all my Whovians, yes, if you are a Doctor Who fan, like it is incredible that he is in this role, but also I did I'm so into this that I actually did like deep dives on the internet to like find any kind of references. And apparently there was like a reference at one point about the droid being so old that he came 
to fruition and a big blue box. Like I'm what this was on the Nerdist. I literally like it there. It's just, I'm, I'm so in love with him and he is so great. And yeah. tennis crazy, man. Like he's some just of the best moments mm-hmm. of the yes. episodes are him. Yeah. But he just makes iconic things in like every franchise. Even if it's, they like yeah. give this man just like a droid. And he's <laughs> like, okay. He's like, He's like, all right then. And he just like turns it into some amazing character that they're like, this guy's so good. Let's get him out of the cartoon and like, yeah, yeah. get him in live action. Good yes. omens. Good um, omens is so good. Her, one of the best Marvel movies. villains ever. Like everybody's oh, just like, yeah, man. Yeah. Kilgrave. Kilgrave. He's so good in that role too. Completely different from like his friendly peppy Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who is he in Harry Potter? He's a uh, Marty like Crouch Junior. Yeah. They should have given him a much bigger role. I'm I still salty about that. Huh? Yeah, I'm salty about it. <laughs> yeah, no, they, I mean they didn't believe. Well, they didn't believe back then. He was just trying to hammer it out on the B, on, on like BBC Network and I just trying to do that. By then, I think that was that predated that. Oh no, yeah. no, he was Doctor Who a long time ago. Long, yeah, that, long yeah, time ago. Late late 2000s <laughs> into the 2010s, right? Like that was right. yeah, that was his run. Um, yeah, so yeah, but David Tennant is like, I mean, he just kills it and everything he does. But also this, this character, is, like that droid, yeah. he's so quippy and like I just I love, you know, this is this is just he's to me, that's the breakout. Like I I look forward to any time he's around and that, how they have to like shut him down to like hide the technology. <laughs> he's like, so okay, funny. like that's he's a great, like yeah. a weathered uh i don't know he's like suffered through so much but he just like he's like as long as it's protocol we're fine <laughs> like, i also love that like his like he has some of the best little uh insertions that create conversations between ahsoka and sabine right like yeah, this whole thing no about human, telling yeah. her yeah. <laughs> like she's like, no human tact right so yeah the things that like he's characters like, silently yeah, you're the worst. Like, you would yeah. have never been picked. And she's like, you told her that? <laughs> it's like, God. You know, and like that whole back and forth throughout, like, because they keep coming back to it, right? It's like, he's he's great. He just puts throws grenades and then everyone else kind of moves around him. And it's it's great conversation stuff, you know, little little pieces there. So uh, credit, total credit due. Yes. Uh, also, yeah, the droids kinda... in this episode rock anyway. Yeah. Uh, who's yeah. the other droid? Remind me. Chopper. Yes. Oh my God. I need a chopper. <laughs> yeah. Now you gotta be careful. Chopper is chopper is famous because chopper don't give an F. He he will kill people. He'll make decisions that will kill people to save chopper. He's just like, yeah, we'll drop this whole thing on everybody. Like let's get out of here. And, I love you know, chopper. Take anything. But um yeah, no, David Tennant. I mean, just great stuff from him. Uh to answer Chris Chipperson in our comment section over on Twitch. Yeah, I don't think we're making enough. I don't think people are connecting enough with like Chiro or Chirut, whatever his name is. Uh Donnie Yen's character from Rogue One. Who it's again, Donnie Yen playing Donnie Yen. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not, but the what he represented, which was somebody who wasn't like necessarily a Jedi or something, but was in tune with the force without being like a natural Jedi force sensitive, but like understood it and had this different kind of way of tuning through it, Um, which is something interesting. Also, we've been, you know, this show has covered the high Republic line, which where they just straight up. I mean, that's a time when there were so many Jedi. And one of the most fun things I think about that line is how they explore like literally like how every Jedi understood the force differently 
like Avar Chris, one of the main characters, sees everything as music and hears like the music of the universe through the force. And that's how she knows like when notes are good and when notes are bad. So all of this stuff, I think, is going to be interesting to explore in a wider way. Um, we're going to get to the like wrap this up soon. But one thing we definitely got to touch on that people are is the evol- is the ever evolving mystery of Merrick, of course, our helmeted inquisitor guy. And this episode had Merrick speak for the first time, which has blown up into a major investigation already because people are, I mean, the people are doing straight up voice comparison analysis and just being like, no, you can't fool me. Yeah. That's Sam Witwer from, if you don't know, of course, Sam Witwer is is like a, he's an actor. He's a voice actor. He was in star killer. Yeah. He's star killer. And he was also, the, you know, Doomsday in the in the Force Marvel. Unleashed games, and he's also Darth Maul in in the animated series of Clone Wars and Rebels. He's also the voice of Darth Maul, the animated version, um, the one that people actually love the most. Yeah. So, and I think, he, oh yeah, and I think they actually put him in Solo as well as did they do that for the? Yeah, they, had, they had him do the voice. Yes, they had him. Yes, he's the voice of Maul. Well, Ray Park was the body of Maul. Okay, so. Basically, what they're saying is that Merrick is Dave Filoni's way of kind of backdooring a version of Starkiller into this. Because I'm going to write about this when we get out of here, because I pulled up the video off Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it already. And it's um, (laughs) Sam Witwer in an old interview, because, I mean, he's active on like Twitch. He does interviews. he's He's, He's pretty out there. And he was saying that they had had conversations about turning Starkiller and kind of retrofitting his whole thing into being an Inquisitor as somebody who kind of became an Inquisitor. And so the people who have been saying that Merrick is Starkiller, you're also eating today because that voice analysis is looking pretty tight. People, I mean, the side-by-sides are pretty telling. Like they have shout out what we're doing. Like, yeah. Um, so To uh, agents of fandom who first got me hyped about that possibility last week of like oh and i was like there's no way that's gonna happen and then slowly but sure <laughs> i was like oh man is that gonna is that gonna be a thing oh my god like those games rule anyway i mean yeah i mean i put myself on the ezra train but then i was like dude you're trying to say that ezra's like back to the futuring to this whole thing and you're not willing to say it's star killer i was like calm down all right but uh yeah i mean you guys are eating like you guys are eating if that's star killer like again these are things the series would lead up to right is just finally kind of finding out that Merrick is actually Merrick that would be from awesome. Yeah, if that so. happens as a fan of both like the Force Unleashed and like th- those games. Like, if that happens, that would be fantastic. Like, what a cool, it would. what a cool way to do that. And if if he turns out to have some bigger, you know, that reveal comes and he's like on Thrawn's side, that's a good kind of like a dark side. And like sub boss to have on your side for like an epic war, like that'll get people in the seats. If you're pulling in, oh, Dave Filoni is crazy. If you're pulling in just like the animated stuff, the live action stuff, and the video games, he's like, I want it all. Believe, give me Black Kersantin in there, and let's get the comics and Afro. Let's just get everybody. Come on, let's just. Let's Dark Forces is uh, getting a remaster. You know, who knows? Maybe uh, Katarn. Oh. <laughs> Maybe Katarn comes in at some point. In time. Just when He's it got- looks like Thrawn was going to win, a ship came in. And By the Dash way, that's just Rendar's pure voice ridiculous came over the theory. There's no, tr- <laughs> there's no truth to that. However, Dark Forces is getting a remaster, so you know, who knows? 
Yeah, I want them to be saved by a smuggler named Dash Rendar during the oh, 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 and let's just let's just do it all while we're here. But, uh, no, so yeah. <laughs> just, well, yeah, we are. Uh, we are nerds. totally nerd. Nerd around. Janelle sitting up there like. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm just over here about. obsessing on the fact that Connor. I just want you to know that you are correct about the Harry Potter and David Tennant thing. It see, it looks like they both kind of came out around the exact same time, so therefore technically he probably filmed Harry Potter first. Boom. Boom. I just love that Janelle Googled it. <laughs> I just can't. I can't like say no. I can't. I, yeah, I don't know. We're over here deep in Star I Wars. I gotta admit when I'm, messing, when I'm wrong. I gotta admit it. <laughs> Janelle's like, I gotta check on that tenant history. Know. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh man. All right. If there, I think that's, I mean, that's a good sign. We've probably, we've probably done it. What do you guys want to see by the end of, like I said, it's pretty clear that episode four is going to be about, you know, the hunt for Ahsoka and Sabine on this planet. It's 46 minutes. Whoa. So we're getting some more time. And yeah. Oh, Rich is in the comments. Agent Callus. You want to see like Zeb and Agent Callus come into this from Rebels? That, that'd be kind of dope, actually, if he comes back in live action. And if you don't know what that means, he was it, it's a whole thing. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole right now. Um, I think it'll be mostly about the hunt and the battle scenes, which I think will be cool to see kind of Sabine and Ahsoka working together on the ground, not just in a spaceship and fighting together will be cool. Hopefully we learn something about Merrick. And I think I think we'll see more Mon Mothma because I, I don't think Mon Mothma is... Mom Moth is too slick. She knows that there's something up, and I and I bet she'll find some way to contact Hera or do something like that. So we'll probably see some scenes of that and figuring out like how they're going to get the New Republic together before what is obviously going to be a disaster. Because I mean, you guys are looking like the current American government. This is just looking like a clown show out there. Um, they're like, no, he's everything's fine. He's obviously dead. Either they're you all are idiots. in on it, or like, <laughs> yeah, swear. you were not ready uh, for this. Um, they're just as bad yeah. as the Council and Mass Effect. Look what happened. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> they're all gonna get eaten Ooh. by Reapers. And that's fighting words right there. But uh, <laughs> and I didn't say hear, it, New so, Republic ah, government better never hear talk you it. talk. <laughs> um, so I think by the end, I hope that we get to the gate. I mean, that's basically it. I, I hope the quest ends at the gate or something to do with somebody using the gate. That's it. Yeah. Episode six. I hope we're through the gate. <laughs> like I'm, That's it. That's I, all I'm I, hoping. I need Ray Stevenson to start, you know, just eating on this show. Cause dude rocked up in episode one, looking like a pissed off Santa Claus and hasn't <laughs> done much since. And I would very much like to see him start kicking some ass. <laughs> oh, I think he's going to be real dangerous. I think he's he's too quiet, man. Dudes like that are the ones that are dangerous. Like he's too he calm, he's too quiet. And I think like no matter what they do, like I think they'll dispatch the underlings, but battling him is going to be a whole different story. Like I think he'll have something for them. So. Sarah! Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> RIP Ray Stevenson. Like and I wonder now, I, I'm kind of curious how much of an arc he was going to have in this whole thing. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. I agree with Chip Chipperson that we should see Chopper commit more war crimes. <laughs> he has, I mean, he has a lot of them. Chopper's quite, I need Chopper. quite a few. I need more Chopper, please. Nobody Chopper better investigate that droid because he is some questionable, questionable acts. But um, all right. Thank you guys for joining us for this recap of Ahsoka episode three, Time to Fly. 
We hope you guys will leave a comment and or let us know on Twitter what you thought of the episode. We love hearing from you and uh, getting your thoughts. And it also kind of keeps us honest if you thought we said something crazy. And yeah, don't be mad at our crazy takes and leave one star in our show. Just tell us. Come talk to us. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Be sure you join us Friday for Comic Book Nation because we have a big show coming up. It's Netflix's One Piece is in. Woof! We got to talk about that. And we will have another bonus episode. We're out here working this week. We're turning these out. So be sure to be here on Friday for our regular show. You can subscribe at Comic Book Nation on Twitter or find us at youtube.com backslash comic book, all one word, dash nation. Thank you again and see you out there. This is Comic Book Nation. Peace. Later.